of the delight and the joy today, I have the joy to introduce Reverend Therese Lee, who is the minister of a wonderful church in um, Hilton Head, North Carolina, where she ministers to, I think you said, Therese, over a thousand people come on a week uh, to click on to listen. And um, she's been an old friend of uh, Reverend Ogan and his dear wife, Jennifer, and Therese and her husband were dear friends. And now their spouses are angels in heaven and they are still friends. So we have the joy to have her here today. Her mission, which is I think the greatest um, uh, thing you could say about anyone is to live out loud. Um, she is a grief counselor and just a wonderful woman. We're very blessed to have you, Reverend Therese. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I My favorite title is Fairy Godmother to Joy. Joy Holder. It's, it's an honor that was bestowed upon me when I got to meet her when she was just a wee little lass. I want to correct that, or I want to clarify that um, I am live on Facebook every week and I have up to a thousand or more viewers that come and watch. And I don't know any of them. You're invited when you're not watching here to come there and for this internet at this time of COVID so that we can be together. Ogan had, Reverend Ogan has been talking with you about the different parables of how Jesus taught back in the day. And what I love about unity and what, when people ask me, what is unity? I say, well, we focus on how it is that Jesus lived. And they kind of give you this perplexed look, sometimes a little stink eye. What? I said, well, we're all going to die. We all know that, right? Physically. So what we do is we focus on how did he live? How can we live while we're alive? How can we be who we've come here to be with all of the zeal and enthusiasm that we need? So I chose and Ogan agreed that I would talk about the parable of the sower. What's interesting about the Bible, and we use that as a roadmap in unity to understand the evolution of our own personal consciousness, right? The thing I like to say is in unity, we're not going to tell you what to think. We're going to ask you to think and then rethink and question what it is you're thinking. Yes. So this parable we believe is historically founded because we, meaning the collective we theologians, because it's in three of the gospels. It's in Mark, which was written first. And then it's also in uh, Matthew and Luke. So as you know, Matthew is the first book in the gospels. However, it was not written first. Mark was written first. And so then what happens is Luke and Matthew used Mark as the basis for their stories. And that often happened. And that's the great thing. If you ever get to take a metaphysical Bible class, do it. Because it will help you uh, afflict your comfortableness and um, comfort the afflictions of learning that it's a historical book that leads us to many great places. There's some differences in the three different gospel accounts. However, most of them are the same. The biggest one is the amount of yield that was brought forth that um, Mark says that there was 30 fold and 60 fold and 100 fold. And Matthew says 160 and then 30. And Luke only talks about 100. The details, 
don't matter as much as the story and what it means underneath. And that's what we look at um, metaphysically. We do follow the way Jesus lived his life as the many, as one of many way showers in the world. And again, how is it that he lived? How is it that we can use his life as an example to get to the highest consciousness within us? So we can be who we've come here to be as God expressing in the world. So I'm going to read a little bit of, of the um, story so that you can get it. I'm not going to read all the details. You can do that in your own Bible. So teaching by parables is helping them understand how it can apply to their life. It's storytelling. The biggest part is listen. Listen, listen, listen. And that's throughout all of the stories. So the story goes like this. Sower went out to sow. S-O-W went out to S-O-W. Some seeds fell on hardened ground and a hardened path. Some of the seeds that were sown were on rocky roads, so to speak. Some other seeds fell among the thorns and the bushes. And then yet other seeds fell onto good soil. And the way that this, the parable is ended is let anyone with ears listen. And so that's what I invite you to do today to understand that every story in the Bible is us. So the sower in this story is you, it is me. How we live depends on what we sow, right? We hear that often. And where does the sowing happen? Not outside of us, even though we're using a story of sowing seeds, but the seeds that are sown are in our own thoughts and in our mind. That's how we're able to take the stories and apply them to our life. It's so exciting. I love this. So the seeds are our thoughts. All right. Hmm. Why do you think that seeds are compared to thoughts? Well, because the seeds represent the very stages of growth, right? So these beautiful daffodils were once just little itty bitty seeds that were planted in the soil. And here we are today on this first day of spring. So the stages of growth are seeded by our thoughts. This is what I love about taking the stories and applying them to your life. That's why we're called practical. How is it that we're gonna practice? And I also invite you all to breathe because sometimes this isn't how it is you were taught the Bible back in the day. So this parable of the sower reveals um, the importance of building a strong consciousness within us, within ourselves of truth with a capital T. One that becomes spiritually developed. And how do we do that? because we become open and receptive, strong in our faith, trusting that the will of God is our will, yes? And then we draw forth the strength from within us. It's not about being strong, y'all, that's, that's not it. It's about having the strength from within to get through life, right? So it's been an interesting last year, hasn't it? This Pat, I love that thing on Facebook that says, wow, it's been a long year this past week, right? So we have to learn to laugh at life. And in the case of this 
parable that we're talking about today, it seems that it's also written along the allegorical lines because there's so much meaning. There's so much richness. There's not just one meaning. Everything in this parable has a meaning. So the Bible tells us that Jesus said this story of the sower that went out to sow his seeds in his field. And it tells us of four different kinds of soil. Well, metaphysically, four is a very important number. In our lives, it means foundation, right? Think of four corners and a foundation. And the soil, remember, represents the consciousness in us. And further, as we unpack it, the four different ways in which we hear four stages of development as our consciousness grows of a moral nature and a spiritual nature within each and every one of us. The Bible tells us that the story was given by Jesus to a large number of people. And then later on, because as, as we do in metaphysics, the disciples said to him, Hey, Jesus, what does this mean? Why are you talking about planting seeds? Well, as back in the day, applicable today, we get to understand the different kinds of thoughts that we have and how it is that they make manifest in our world. How are they outpictured? So the first set of seeds fell upon, as the story goes, the pathway of hard packed soil. They were never taken, so never any beautiful flowers came up, the birds came to eat them, because there was no depth to the roots. Anybody have thoughts like that? And sometimes we're really grateful they don't take root, yes? So this is representing those of us back in the day, right? It could be today, but back in the day when we just were unreceptive to truth. How many of us do you think in the world are not aware of how it is that Jesus actually lived his life as a way shower versus how many know about how he died. So I'm offering that we would switch our viewpoint and remember back to the day. Do you remember when some, someone tried to teach you about truth or tell you about truth? I do. 34 years ago as I was young <laughs> for one thing, but also I was just learning about unity and I was confused. And I often got defensive, like, what? That doesn't, that's not me. Or I also rejected a lot. Yes, do you remember that? And I held fast to what was false. Now I know, but it was working for me then. And then it stopped working for me. So this type of soil represents the consciousness that's hardened, that isn't allowing of truth to seep in right? We hold on to the past. And then what happens is we get stuck. And I like to say often, here I grow again, as I move out of this soil state of consciousness, so to speak, to listen, to be open and receptive to what it is that actually is mine to do, because I really know nothing. I get to listen to my time with God, spirit, in meditation, to beautiful music, and have myself continue to learn, which then allows me to progress possibly to the second type 
of soil, which would be the kind that's on the rocky ground. Anybody ever have an unstable walk in their life? Yeah, where we're open and a little bit more open at least to what is it that we're hearing and then the manifestation starts. I remember back in the day and thinking, wow, this stuff really works. This works that I could be at peace because I have peaceful thoughts. Huh. It's like having a V8 and getting your vitamins, right? And as long as everything's going well and good, I'm believing in this. And then what happens? Life. Could be anything. Lose a job. There's a death of a dog, a pet, an animal in your life. It could be that you moved. Something shifts. And wow, we feel pressure on ourselves and we forget what we knew. Because again, on this rocky type of soil, there's no depth to the roots. So the consciousness hasn't quite settled in if I'm only in that field. Everything's happening at the mental level. And we often talk about moving that longest distance in our life down to our heart space where it is make manifest. I like to say that it's an easy path in unity and it's not always simple, right? <sighs> I think I just said that wrong. It's a simple path. I was wrong. Look at you, look at me admitting as a minister that I was wrong. So it's a, I've been up since oh dark hundred, so excited to be with you all. So it's a simple path. It's not always easy there because I stay stuck in my head. And then when the struggles or what we might call opportunities come up, then what happens is I forget about calling forth my inner strength and I sit in all of the problems or struggles that, that might look like a diagnosis that came from the doctor. When I forget, wait a minute, the prognosis is God. It may mean that I'm having some financial issues because I think that the money in the bank is my source when really God is my source, right? It could be that I'm just having an off day with a family person or a friend or what may seem like an enemy outside of me. And then I go, wait a minute. Thoughts are the seeds. Let me get back in. So the hardened path hasn't worked. The road hasn't worked. So now we come upon the path that has thorns in it. You know, those bushes that get kind of stickly when you, have you ever uh, fallen in one of those or you're on, they get on your legs as you're walking through them to get a better place. So this is about actually learning more and more and more of the truth and then thinking, I'm in charge. I'm gonna take all that I've learned and I'm gonna make it happen. All right, be honest, who has a control gift? Yes, up until now, yes. So we think that, okay, I know, and I'm going to then, I don't need anybody else's help and I'm gonna be the one in charge. And so then what happens is we choke out all of the truth as we're trying to be the one who is in charge. And when we do that, the seeds of selfishness with a small s self choke out all the seeds of truth. And thankfully then, we get to move into what we know is the soil of good ground. 
the soil that allows us to let go of our small us self, which we call the ego self. And ego means what? Edging God out. And we get to move into knowing that as I give, I will receive. We move into willing the will of God. So my mantra before my feet even hit the floor every morning is I will to will the will of God. And that gets the personality of Therese out of the way. And it allows them the bright light of Therese to step forward and to do what is mine to do. So the fourth soil, of course, the foundational number of four would be the soil that is of goodness and greatness because it allows us when we have those seeded thoughts to listen, to hear, to take it in and move it from our head to our heart and then allow it to bear fruit, to allow it to bear flowers. It means also that more flowers are going to be able to come from this plant here because there's more than one seed. It allows us when we get into that mind of God to be the one that is leading us, that it allows for further development. Here we grow again, we say with a smile. Say it with me from wherever you are. Here I grow again. And let it be a smile on your face. How do we do this? There has to be a daily regimen, y'all. You have to spend time with God. You've got to, whatever that means. It might mean with the windows open, the windows closed, take a walk, ride your bike. I go to the beach. I collect heart shells and heart rocks and Praise God for all of the um, rainbows that come after the rain and the storms that came through this other week. And then I give thanks to remember, ah, I am a possibilitarian. With God, all things are possible, scripture tells us. Possible, imagine, what could it be like if we allowed if we allowed ourselves to will the will of God. We have principles in unity that allow us to seek the truth, that allow us to have a practical kind of life coming from love as the songs told us today. I didn't choose the songs. These folks chose the songs, your folks chose the songs that were so right on, so spot on today. And then we have our oneness with God. I wanna call up the songs again because it's amazing how spirit works if we allow it. So we get to open up to the spirit. We get to remember that God is all there is, that our thoughts are the prayers that create the soil that then allow the manifestation of greatness and goodness like these beautiful flowers, because there's only love. There are three things I want you to take away besides all of the greatness that the music is allowing for today. We get to be constructive thinkers, knowing that we are the ones that construct the gardens of our mind through the seeds, right? It means much more than being just positive. It means I'm going to allow the indwelling spirit within me to will the will of God, right? That's number one. Number two, clean up our emotions. That's what all of this Lent season is about. Get rid of the doubt, let go of the fear, and the small else, selfishness. We get to stand strongly 
knowing that we are the very conscious of God expressing in this world. Here's another affirmation for you. I am a unique, unrepeatable expression of God. Say it with me. I am a unique, unrepeatable expression of God. We stand in it. Our shoulders get a little lower. The tongues come off the roof of our mouth. And we get to remember our thoughts create our life. They create the gardens, so to speak, right? The third and most important, I believe, is to be honest with yourself. Total self-honesty. So when we get honest with ourselves, we get to be honest with each other. And we're going to ebb and flow, aren't we, with this? Of course. We get to understand that here we grow again is positive. It's a empowering type of a thought that allows us. We turn off the TV, stay away maybe from all of the different things besides these kinds of services, right? Anything that unity on the river allows so that we can in fact get to the ideas that we wanna hold in mind. Let go of the negative, embrace the positive, right? So that we can remember with all the different kinds of communications out there, we get to study those that work for us. And they may be different than that works for me. That's why, we're, again, we're not gonna tell you what to do. We're just gonna ask you to do it. Apostle Paul tells us that there's a way to get to consciousness and here's what he said. And I love that these were written so long ago because it was even written after Jesus lived because Consciousness is contagious, like attitudes. Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, he says, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report. Paul says, if there are any that have virtue, and if there are, allow yourself to praise them. Think on these things. That's what this whole season is about. Fasting from what no longer serves us and feasting on things that do. Releasing all of those things and renewing ourselves with the thoughts of understanding that we are because God is. The way is the truth. You get to decide what that looks like for you. As a true student, get out of your head, move to your heart. Know that as life happens in each and every day, it could, that we're going to fall on hardened ground, right? The seeds that we plant. Some are going to go into the rocky ground. Some may possibly fall amongst the thorns. And then we start to listen and we become a constructive thinker, embracing the will of God cleaning up our emotions, embracing the joy, embracing the love and the peace so that we can fast from all that no longer serves us. And then we get into the goodness of all that is God. Being honest with ourselves, embracing the truth. Charles Fillmore, our Unity co-founder said this at the age of 94. 
I fairly sizzles with zeal and enthusiasm to spring forth with a mighty faith to do the things that ought to be done by me. This is how I'm going to leave you today in prayer, knowing that as we allow ourselves to embrace the truth that we are the very expressions of God, we sow our lives, we are grateful. And so it is. We let it be. Amen. Many blessings. Awesome. I love that. Here we grow again. Yes. That's great. And I absolutely adore your fingernail polish. <laughs> it's beautiful. <laughs> Goes with Sherry's background. <laughs> So um, now is the time in our service that we uh, consider our tithes and offerings. And Unity has made it easy for you to donate in different ways. One is to go to www.unityontheriver.org and find the donate button and go in that way. You can also now Venmo, which is uh, a wonderful, uh, easy, just open your your app on your phone and Venmo money across the wires. Um, and we do that to U-O-T-R-A uh, Venmo, Unity on the River at, um, and we're right there. The other way is to text to give. And you set that up by dialing, and now here's the number, I'm looking at it, 388-702-4337. So we, we hope you will offer up um, your tithe and offering today for, um, even as we are virtual, we certainly do have um, uh, to consider paying office fees and musician fees and all of that. So bless you and thank you for all that you can give, whatever it is. And so now we're going to take um, Reverend Teresa's uh, thoughts on um, how to show up in the world consciously and ask God to use us and show us so that we can be and live as God.